Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, last week we started talking about new seasons, about seasons of our lives. And just a little quick, maybe a little recap, the, the fact is that a, that a season is any period or time. can be long, can be short. You know, we tend to look at seasons, you know, just in a natural way of speaking as summer, spring, winter, fall, you know, that kind of thing. You know, and there's kind of defined, except in Florida, summer is eternal, you know. And so I'm not sure where spring, you know, finally fits in and fall finally fits in because summer kind of overtakes it all. But anyway, we, we look at those seasons and naturally speaking, we look at seasons of our lives. You know, we're kids, we're teenagers, we're adults, you know, we're married, we've got, now we've got young children, now we've empty nesters, now we're in retirement. Those are all different seasons of our lives naturally. We have many of them. And, uh, and the thing about it is um, each one comes with something different. And so we were getting to a place, we were talking about, about last week, about spiritual seasons, you know, and, um, and, and those, are, those are wonderful things. You know, you can see seasons all over. If you look through the Bible, you can look through your, just your life, your natural life. You can see the seasons that, you were, that you've been in. You know, maybe it was in a particular job situation or, or, a, or a health issue. That was, that was, a, that was a season. I remember, I remember that season, you know, in my life when it was a health issue. And that lasted, you know, several months. And uh, thank God when it was over. But I came out of it better than I went in. Amen. Came out stronger. You know, the devil couldn't lie to me as much and when it was over as what he did when, he, when I went into it. He had, his, he had his day, you know, in the beginning. But, you know, the longer you, you put up resistance to something, the better you weather it and the more you can push back against it. And you come out so that it's so strong so that the next time around he has to try something different. You know, and so, you know, we find ourselves in lots of different seasons. Last week we talked about, I found a, a lot of different things that we talked about last week. Like some seasons are growing time. Some seasons are proving time. Some seasons of our life are learning time for, for experience. Uh, sometimes we just need a, a season where we just settle down. You know, we talked about that last week about some, pe- some Christians are, have, have a little case of ADD or something. It's just they can never settle in and focus on just, on just where God wants them and what he wants to say to them and what he wants to do with them and do for them because they're just flitting around everywhere, you know. He doesn't get a chance to talk to them because they're always in motion. Then there's a sowing time. There's times of separation we find ourselves in. You know, maybe, maybe we have to spend a season separating ourselves from, from just natural things of life to spend time with him. Maybe it's a separation from, from people that, that maybe we shouldn't have been hanging around with because God wants to take us to a place that they're going to hold us back if we, if we hang on to them. So sometimes he separates us from, from people. You know, just when you have to, you have to probably go back into your own natural history and look at when you got born again. There are friends you probably had before you got born again that you couldn't afford to fellowship with after you got born again. You know, there's a separation season, you know, from some of that. You know, we've, we've experienced that. I think all of us have. You know, there are just times when you find yourself among people that, that may not be the best influence on you. Could be born again, maybe not. But there's times if you're going to move on with God, you're going to have to find yourself in a season of separation from people that will hold you back. In one way or another. There's times of standing. 
You know, th- there's, there's a season where sometimes, you, you know, you're, you're talking to God and you're asking him, okay, this is what I, you know, this is what I want to see in my life. Help me with this. And there's times when you stand in that season. You just stand. You haven't done all to stand. See, the problem with a lot of people is, is um, they haven't done all to stand. They say they're standing, you know, for something. You know, maybe there, there's something they're believing God for. They think they're standing, but when I, I look at Ephesians and it says, having done all to stand, stand, I have to go back and examine for me even, have I done all? Have I done all I'm supposed to to make myself be able to stand successfully? Sometimes we have to learn during a standing time of what it really means to stand. And then there's transition time. And last week, I think it's where we, we kind of ended was, was transition. And uh, transitions from one season to a next can be very challenging. You know, I've, I've experienced that over the years. What, it's been almost three years ago since pastor looked at me and said, I'm not doing Wednesday nights anymore. And I'm going, well, how long is this going to last? Because he said, I'm going I'm to focus on writing this book that I need to write. And I said, how long is that going to take? I'm thinking like, you know, a couple of months. Three years later, I'm still waiting. <laughs> you know, but that was a real season change for me. Because, you know, I, I, would, I would get up and minister every once in a while, but it was not a continual thing. It was, not an, it was not a regular thing. And so he shoved me into a new season. And, and I said, I said, you can't take very long because I ain't got that much in me. He just looked at me. So, so all this time later, here we still are. You know, but, you know, sometimes you get shoved into things. And it's an appropriate thing to get shoved into it because we're just dragging our feet. Then there are times when you just kind of ease into something so, just ease so much into a season that you don't even realize you've changed seasons of your life. Until you look around and go, hey, something's different here than what it was just a little while ago. Those are, that's nice. But, you know, transition in, in, in weather patterns from spring, from winter into spring, major storms. You know, it's not always easy. There's clashes that come sometimes come with a, a transition from one season to another. But you know what? You can't stay in the season of your life that you're in when it's time to move. When it's time to move, you can't stay there because uh, you're not going to be happy there. Now, your flesh will say, okay, I don't want to do this. I feel, I'm, this is my comfort zone right here. Listen, I know all about comfort zones. And, and, and you, you don't want to get out of your comfort zone. But listen, God's got a new comfort zone waiting for you. And that transition into it you will find might be a little rocky. It might be just a little scary. It might be a little anxious. But when you get to the new season, you're going to go, oh, I like this one better. I do. I like this one better. Because the new season will bring something that will make you content. It'll bring something that will make you fulfilled. It'll bring something that will make you prosperous. But see, God's anxious for you to prosper in all things. You know, isn't that what John said? Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God's got a prosperity waiting for us in every avenue of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. And he wants us to just, to just go where he says. Then again, it's not time to move to a new season until God says it's time. Sometimes we see a new season coming. You know, when, when, it's, when we've had a long, hard winter, I just can't wait for spring. When I was growing up, pastor makes fun of me all the time because the first 
five years of my school life, I was in a very small town outside of Jacksonville. You would not know it today. I mean, the nearest real grocery store was about 15, 18 miles away. And uh, we had a, a small school out there in this little community. And, uh, and uh, it was one class for one grade. You know, that's all there was. I mean, and this is, the, he, this is why he makes fun of me, because it was really the country back then. And uh, we were not required to wear shoes to school. <laughs> weren't. Just weren't required. You know, if you wanted to come barefoot, you could come barefoot. Now, my mother never really wanted me to go to school barefoot, so at least I had some flip-flops on. But, you know, it was, it was one of those things we were all like, okay, is it warm enough to go, to go barefooted? Is, can we go barefooted yet? Can we go barefooted yet? Can we go barefooted yet? You know, well, what, you know, January usually wasn't the time for it. You know, so you can't move to that new season until, until it's time. You know, you can try it if you want to, but don't force it. Let God lead you into that new season. When you see it coming, just hold your horses and just wait on him to say, it's time to go. Pastor was, was knowing that he was going to wind up in the ministry and in Bible school uh, long before I even wanted to admit to even recognizing that fact. And uh, he knew he had to wait because he had a wife that was not in agreement with him. So he knew that new season was waiting on him, but he couldn't, he couldn't just do it because there was reasons why he had to stay put until God said, now it's time. When it was God's time, everything lined up. When it was God's time, his wife got her act together, you know, and, and uh, slowly but surely. You know, so, uh, so you, can't, you can't look into a new season, move yourself into a new season until God says so. You can't force it. You've got to be open, too, to what the Spirit of God says. Not what you think. Not what you'd like to do. I remember, you know, the, the day we, we, came over, we came over here for the... Well, he actually came to the very first Bible study he had with this group over here. He came by himself because I didn't have anybody to watch the boys. And uh, so he came, he and, and Don Booth, and if you all remember Don, he came over here with him. And uh, then we came back on Sunday, the second time I came with him. And from there on, we were back and forth. And I remember him looking at me about a month or so into that and, and saying, what do you think about moving over there? Because we'd just come home from to Oklahoma. I had just unpacked all the boxes in my house. And I said, nah, I don't, I don't, think, we ought to be, I don't think we ought to go over there permanently. And as soon as I said, went, oh, we're moving, get the boxes. <laughs> get the boxes. You know, so, I mean, you've got to be open to what God's got to say about it. You know, so many times we've already got an idea of what we think we should be doing with our lives that we're not open to hearing what God has to say because we don't want to hear that. I've been in many times in my life where I didn't want to hear that. But thank God for the most part, you know, I overrode what I wanted, you know, and actually said, okay, God, okay, what do you, what do you want? What do you want me to do? Sometimes it was with fear and trembling. Okay, here we go. You know, let's, let's go do this. So, uh, you know, I, I, I saw this from what somebody had said not too long ago. And like I say, I have a little area where I've got quotes that I write down. And it said, God's specific will for my life 
will not materialize or come into clear view until I am obedient to his general will for my life. Isn't that good? And it's not something you don't already know. But it's just put in a, in a form here where it says it very nicely. God's specific will for my life will not materialize or come into clear view until I am obedient to his general will for my life. Now, what's an example of that? Oh, Lord, I, I, want, to, I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to do this. I want to do that. Leave me. Guide me. Over. And, you, and the person doesn't even go to church. Now, it's clear to me that church is where a person needs to be because the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And it's not just one scripture that says that. There's many scriptures that tell us that we're part of a body. And you know, if you've heard pastors teaching on the local church at all, you understand that he ordains that every Christian should be part of a local body. Amen. amen. You can say amen. It's okay. So to me, how can you get a, a leading or a, or a direction to move into a new season when the season you're in, you're not obeying? Mm-hmm. This is one spelled out clear as day, black and white in print. And people do not obey it. And yet they're out there seeking God. What do I do? What am I going to do? Okay, Father, I want to, okay, I'm yours, Father. Just leave me, guide me. And he's going, go to church. Oh, no, 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 I'm really God. Now, I really, I really want to serve you. I really want to do something for the kingdom of God. I really want to be a blessing to other people. What do I, t- tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Oh, Lord, tell me what to do. Go to church. Until you're willing to hear what he's got to say, you can't move. Until you're willing to do what he says in this season, you can't move to another season. Amen. Hallelujah. In every season, there are things to be learned. No matter what season you're in, there are things to be learned. There is knowledge that you need to receive. There is wisdom you need to attain. You have a foundation that you need to either lay or add to. And you have character that needs to be built in every season. See, we, the, the word says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we are all being changed into the same image from glory to glory. There are reasons why God puts us in a particular season because there are things that we need to learn in that season that we're going to need for the next season. You don't start a kid off with algebra if you haven't taught him what 2 plus 2 is. And spiritually speaking, you know, when we get born again, there are things he wants to show us, things he wants us to see, things he wants us to learn. He wants foundations laid. And if you know anything about building, if you've got no good foundation, the building won't last. So the kid who can't add 2 plus 2 certainly can't find out. He has not a clue what pi is. I mean, you know, I'm still not sure what pi is myself. Well, some kinds of pie I do know. <laughs> but really, I mean, there is knowledge that you need to gain in every season. There's, you take that knowledge and you put it to work. And when you put it to work, you gain experience. And as you gain experience with that, you, you find out the wisdom that it takes to make that experience and that knowledge work together for the good. 
And in the middle of it all, character. Character has to be built in the life of every believer. And um, it, it, pertains, it pertains to everyone, whether it's a lay person, whether it's a person in the ministry, whatever. It's the same principle in every season. There's something to learn. I went back and I, and I looked at several different, different examples of this. If you go back and study the, the life of Elijah and Elisha, Elisha followed that man, Elijah, everywhere he went. He watched him. He, he did his bidding, whatever he needed, he was there to help him do. And he stayed with him the entire time until that chariot of fire came down and took him away. That was a season of his life. And everything he learned in that season, he put to use in the season where God used him as the prophet, as the most renowned prophet in the land of Israel. And, and he watched Elijah. He watched what he did, what he said, how he carried himself. And it, it helped him for the next season of his life. Um, David actually had a season as a young man out on the hills. When it was just him and God. Him, God, and the sheep. He had an opportunity right there to experience things in worship with God, to experience getting to know God. And it seemed like, you know, you would think that's a lonely place to be. No, it really wasn't lonely for him. Can you imagine being out on the, on the hillside, you know, just tending the sheep? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think sheep get too rowdy. Do you all know about sheep getting rowdy? I mean, they're, they're pretty placid animals. So he had a lot of opportunity. He had a lot of time on his hands. What he spent, instead of wasting it, he spent just, just getting to know God. To think that he sat there and he penned the 23rd Psalm. Out on the hills as a young boy, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I mean, most of us can quote that entire thing without even a backward glance. But that was a season of his life where God was putting things into him. He was learning some things about the Father. He was experiencing things. He was, he was laying a foundation in his life. He was called a man after God's own heart. He was learning how to put things into motion. I mean, he, he, was, he was not in a place where he wasn't uh, given opportunities because he, he fought off a bear and a lion. So he had opportunities to come up against some pretty stiff opposition. And yet, he spent his time just building himself into the man that God was going to make king one day. And then, later, he had an opportunity to serve under Saul. Now, there was a lot of years there from the time that David was anointed as king in Jesse's house to the day he actually took the throne. What did he do? You know, I, I was reading, you know, because our, our, some of our recent reading has been about David and about how Saul brought him into the, the uh, capital, into the, into the what? Uh, house? Palace, thank you. Uh, brought him into the palace on really on the pretense of it being a help to Saul. But do you know, I looked at that today and I thought, you know what? It helped David as much as it helped Saul. Because David 
had been in a a home where he was a shepherd boy. Now, what kind of experience does a shepherd boy have when it comes to ruling a kingdom? Usually, the new king is raised up in the household of the old king and then takes over one day when the old king either passes the throne to him or or passes away. So, where was David going to get that kind of experience? I mean, where? God had him in, in the king's house. And I suspect that as observant and as much as he, as he put himself to learning on the hillside with the sheep, I suspect he put himself in a place of learning when he was in the king's house. There were some natural things he needed to learn. He couldn't just bank on the fact that God had anointed him to be king. He had some things he needed to learn. And I suspect that while he was in the house of Saul, that he learned a lot of things. He became friends with the king's son. Don't you know the king's son had a lot of things he could share with him? Just David just being observant taught him a lot of things. But because his character had been built while he was out on the, on the hills with the sheep, his character remained intact while he was in Saul's house. While before, and all those years that, inter, that passed in that interval between his being anointed as king of Israel and his actually taking the throne of the king, a season, a season of his life. Then I looked at Jesus and the disciples. That three and a half years was a short season in the span of time that you and I, as we look at time, But for three and a half years, what an intensity it was for the disciples in their learning. I mean, amazing to be walking and talking with Jesus every day for three and a half years. It was preparing them. He was trying his best to teach these guys. And sometimes they did a good job and sometimes he had to go back and teach it to them again. But when it came right down to it, It's amazing what was in them. When they got baptized in the Holy Ghost and they figured out really what kind of power they had in their lives, now that Jesus had ascended into heaven, now that there was something living and abiding on the inside, that that new life had been deposited on the inside, they were new creations. They may not have understood the Pauline revelation all that well, but they knew that Jesus lived in their hearts. They knew that they were empowered from on high. And they took what they had learned in that three and a half years and it just bloomed in them. You may not understand sometimes what you're learning in the season that you're in, but I'm here to tell you, if you'll just hang on, you'll finally come to a place where you, you see, ah, yes. And you will bloom in the place that God puts you and the things he has for you. Then I looked at Paul and Timothy. I mean, Paul looked at Timothy as his own son, traveled with him, he, he mentored him. That, what a wonderful season of life that was for Timothy. A season to just be discipled by Paul. Really to serve an apprenticeship under him. You know, just in everyday life, you know, as believers, you can find somebody in your life that you can sort of be an apprentice to. You see somebody that that God just, you, you click with there. Somebody who maybe who's older in the Lord than you. Take that as a season to just learn from them, to grow from them, to get wisdom from their experiences and and character. Let it just just come up on the inside of you, just like God intends for it to do, because it will stand you good stead in the seasons that he'll place you in next. 
Amen. Listen, a new season will always involve change. Most of the time that change is good change. Sometimes that change, well, it's always good. But sometimes that change is is a getting rid of, of certain things. You know, you look at fall, and of course, I know we don't have a fall like a lot of places do. You know, we don't have that much, you know, just total, you know, defoliating of the trees around here like they do up north. But in the fall, there are things that fall off. That's why it's fall. And you know what? There are times of our lives we find ourselves in a season where we need to shed some things. There's, there's, there's a beauty evident in the shedding. There really is. You know, and so we shouldn't look at it as a bad season. You know, to me, fall, I always, I always kind of dread it going, okay, fall means here comes winter. I mean, like we have so much winter here. But uh, still, I don't like winter. But, you know, sometimes we kind of dread winter coming. But listen, the falling off of some things will send you in good stead. I look at fall, getting rid of some things, putting some things, getting some, starting a, an ability to start over fresh. And, and yes, springs, it's not time for spring. So here's winter following fall. We've shed some things. We've laid some things aside. We've gotten rid of some things. Winter comes and it looks like nothing's happening. But the roots are going down deep during the winter. You don't see any evidence of it above ground, but roots are going down. Roots are spreading out. There are things that are happening that nobody can really see. Things that you may not even realize are happening, but they're, they're happening nevertheless. So that when spring comes, you're ready to start with some new growth. And then as spring leads into summer, you know, spring, you know, we, we begin to put out the new green stuff. You know, you can see growth coming. And, with, and, the, and that growth comes. And, and just and naturally speaking, the trees put blossoms out. And the blossoms are the, are the big things that are going to produce fruit. You see the cherry trees in, in full bloom. Lots of cherries coming on that tree. You see the, the orange trees in full blossom. You know, there's going to be a lot of oranges on that tree. You know, and that comes with summer. You know, so you can look at the seasons of just time and you can apply it spiritually. But I'm telling you what, there's good things in everything. We need to make friends with change. Now, I'll be the first to admit that around here we laugh in the office all the time that I am not the person who likes change. Um, I'm kind of set in my ways. You know, I'll put a piece of furniture at home in one place and there it will stay for 20 years or until I move. Now, my mother-in-law... His, his mom, you know, you, you never knew when you walked in her house where the furniture was going to be because she would move things around constantly. I never figured that out. Why couldn't you just leave the couch over there? What was wrong with it over there? I mean, it looked perfectly fine over there, so why'd you have to move it? But she loved change. And so she would, you know, she'd move her living room around all the time. But I just couldn't figure that out. And, but I, I'm, I'm trying you know, and, and honest to goodness, you know, the way things are changing these days just in, in our natural world with technology and stuff, we're changed. Things change naturally so fast. And some of us are stuck. <sighs> I, I'm still not sure what to do with a computer sometimes. Just I know what I know. That's all I know. You know? Okay. You know, when Pastor Greg, he's been after me for two years, you know, to do some of this stuff here. And, and it, finally I went, 
okay, because he kept talking about a black ceiling. And I'm going, really, you got to be kidding me. I like my white ceiling. And so after two years, I finally said, okay. He goes, really? You mean it? And I went, all right, let's do it. And the day I came in here and watched him start rolling black on that ceiling, I went, oh, my Lord, what have I done? Now, when it's all said and done, you know, I'm going, yeah, that looks great. He just looks at me with the, his version of the eyebrow. <laughs> but you know what? We need to make friends with change. Don't treat it as an enemy. It's not an enemy. Change is for the good. I, you know, I have been amazed doing the Bible reading that we've been doing, you know, this yearly Bible reading, all the generations, I mean, do, do, I, I, let me ask you a question here. When you get to the chapter that lists all the, was the son of this and the son of that, how many of you just kind of skip it? Uh-huh, I knew it. It's like, really, do I need to know all these names? I mean, really, do I really need to read this? Pastor, do you actually read those? One by one, you read those. One by one, you read those? Every name. He says every name. Hmm. Okay. Well, at least I'm not by myself in my rebellion against reading all those names. <laughs> but I looked at that and I thought, look at all these generations where outwardly, naturally speaking, almost nothing changed for hundreds of years. And you go back in our society right now. If you went back 100 years, it's amazing. If you go back 50 years, it is, I mean, just the speed of what changes is, is mind-boggling to me. But we need to make friends with change, not put our hands up and resist it, but embrace it. Because change will help us. You know, <laughs> We we have to be willing to change. We have to be ready to change. We have to be open to change. You know, naturally and spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, we have to be ready. Now, obviously, our standard is the word, and we don't change. When When it's in the word, we don't change. We're not going to be politically correct. We're going to be biblically correct. Those things don't change. But the method by which we're going to make, we're going to do things, you know, maybe that needs to change. But, you know, every season, because of change, is going to require faith. Every season is going to require a different level of faith. You don't have to add to it. You know, it's, it's kind of like, like climbing a ladder. You know, the next season is another rung up. It takes some effort to get there. You've got you to never get to that next rung. But with every single one, take a look around. Your view is different. You're higher than you were before. There's something, there's something better waiting for you with that next step. So we have to be ready to do that. But, you know, we're already acquainted with change more than we realize. Our bodies will, are changing constantly, and, and we're always readjusting to the changes in our body. Not that we like it necessarily, but we're, we're, we're readjusting ourselves to the fact that, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not 30 anymore. I'm not 40 anymore. You know, on and on it goes, you know. I don't, I don't try to do things that I did when I was 20 anymore. Um, well, yeah, I do sometimes. But anyway. 
But listen, every season will require different things of us. Every season will require something different. It's not going to be the last of the same season. It's not going to be the same as the last, as the last season. You know, it's kind of like trying to wear a bathing suit when it's 30 degrees outside. You're in the wrong season, folks. Why would you want to put on a heavy overcoat when it's 95 outside? It's the wrong season. There's something different about this season. You can't do the same things in this season that you did in that season. And because of that, we need to find out what the changes are and go with the changes. You know, in First and Second Peter chapter 1, it talks about all things that pertain to life and godliness. And it gives you some things that you can take to and you can add. In fact, let's take a real quick look at that. Second Peter 1. Verse, let's just start in verse 3. It says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And it says that um, through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through us. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and add to virtue knowledge, and add to knowledge temperance, and add to temperance patience, and add to patience godliness, and add to godliness brotherly kindness, and add to brotherly kindness charity. Listen, there are times we need to add things. Sometimes we need to subtract things. Sometimes we're, we're in a multiplication season. You know, it just, it just kind of depends on where we're, where we're at and, and just putting to practice what things God has for us. Churches have seasons just like individuals have seasons. And because I'm running out of time here, and I've got like seven minutes to get this, get this out of here, every church has seasons that it goes through. And the interesting thing about it is individually we have seasons, and it's up to us individually to, to go through those seasons and to do what we need to do in each season. But as a body, God will take us into new seasons. You know, we talk, we pastors talk so much about Acts chapter 3, verse 19, about seasons of revival. There are different seasons in the life of a church, and the thing about it is we need to go together as a unit. We need to be ready as a body to embrace the changes that God sends our way to be able to be ready for new seasons because he has new assignments for us. Every new season in your life will bring a new assignment. This is for you personally, but as well as in a church body. Every season, new season you go into has a new assignment attached to it. It has new opportunities attached to it. And so we have to get ourselves to a place where we're so ready to embrace those things that we don't squander the opportunities that God brings us as a result of being in a new season. Hallelujah. You know, there's a TV program that Pastor Greg loves when it's on, it's The Amazing Race. And if, you, and if you notice that at the end of every leg of that, of that show, at the end of every leg when you check in, you get a new assignment. Let me tell you, this church has assignments waiting for us. We've already stepped into some of them. You know, there's revival is, is upon us. And, and we've seen that happening. Seasons of prayer. Don't let that season wane. 
I know how exciting it was when that first happened all those years ago when suddenly this, this prayer thing has kind of dropped on us as a church. Listen, you can't afford in any season to get, eh, blasé about that season. Part of being in a new season is to maintain the excitement about that season. And we need to maintain our excitement about the season of prayer that God has us in because that season of prayer is preparing us for more seasons of something else. There will be more assignments that come our way as a result of that season. And we get to the next one, there'll be more, and there'll be more, and there'll be more, and there'll be more. And so I just want to encourage you tonight because I'm going to wrap this up. I just want you to, to be encouraged tonight that Look around. Don't get discouraged in your life when it seems like, you know, why am I still in this season? Well, just be patient. Take a look. Is there a reason why you're still in that season that you need to change that will help get you out of that season? Is there something like, you know, take off the wrong clothes for this season because you're, you're not in that one anymore? Is there something you need to shed? Is there something you need to grow in? Is there some knowledge you need to gain? Is there some experience you need to gain? You know, what, and then if there's not, just stand and be patient and just wait until God says to move on. But for us as, as a body, we need to recognize the season that God has us in as a body. Because I know Pastor Greg said this one time in a, in a message and it stuck with me. And he said, where we go, we go together. Where we go, we go together. And what God has for us as a body, we need everybody to go together. Not some people hanging back going, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in that. So, you know, we can do that if we're not careful. But to get ourselves to a place where we say, Father, I'm ready to move on. We're ready as a body. Wherever you want to take us, we're ready to go. And, and maintain that level of participation, maintain that level of excitement, maintain that level of, of anticipation because God's got things for us in this time. And he'll continue to have things more and more for us because we're getting so close to the end where Jesus is coming back. And things have accelerated so much naturally, but they're accelerating spiritually. We've got to make sure we stay ready and stay aware of the season that God has us in as a body. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.